Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. Me, Ollie Hunter. We've got Matthew Sherry, editor of Gridiron, host of the new Gridiron 100, NFL 100 podcast. He'll tell us more about it and exactly how and what the uh, uh, what the name of the show is. Oh my God, this is rambling. Anyway, on today's show, we'll look at Hard Knocks, we'll look at Prescott, we'll look at Clowney, we'll have a look at some of the suspensions, there'll be a load of news. Christian Wade will come into it as well and we'll ask, what on earth is going on with Andrew Luck? This is The Gridiron Show. Hello, welcome to The Gridiron Show. Ollie Hunter here. I've got Matthew Sherry, editor of Gridiron, and you'll tell me exactly the name of the new podcast, which I'm sure I'll be co-hosting at some point, uh, Matt. And uh, welcome, by the way. Welcome to the Gridiron Show. How are you, bud? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Now, I've given it the big the big tease. I know we've already, uh, we've already mentioned it on the show before, but what is the new show that you have? Um, it's, it's your brainchild. It's your baby. What's going on? Yeah, it's so it's the NFL 100 show. So what, what's happening at the minute is I am involved in a, a project that I will be able to reveal all about very soon that has enabled me to interview some of the kind of greatest players in the game's history. And we really wanted to create a podcast series around that and I think ultimately determined that we wanted to do it in, in, a, in a different way. So... Mm. Yeah, what the series is going to be essentially is me looking at the schedule each week and just picking out a few games that have a an extra historical significance. And then within that, I will feed in some of these interviews from some of the great and good. So, for example, we'll record the week one show. I mean, me and Will will probably record the week one show in Chicago, actually, but it'll be out just ahead of that game. And it'll that show will look at all the games that week with significance, but we'll hone in on, on the Packers-Bears. And and it'll vary week to week. So some weeks we'll really get in deep on one specific game. But in, in the case of the Packers-Bears, we'll just talk about the history of the rivalry, kind of take you inside that a little bit more, but also speak to guys who were on the field in those games. So we've got Dave Robinson, the Hall of Fame linebacker for the, for the Green Bay Packers, Boyd Dowler, the all-pro wide receiver, Dan Hampton, the Hall of Fame defensive lineman for the 85 Bears so we'll feed a bit of those guys into that first show as well and then we'll just take it on week to week we've got amazing guests lined up for for basically every week so far and I'm I'm working on getting some others for the for the weeks that are missing oh starting strong with that Bears Packers and that's what the NFL has done in their 100th season um they've 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 gone big first game biggest rivalry the most historic and storied rivalry in the NFL and um Gridiron starting strong with it as well. You've also got the college football podcast is returning, right? Yeah, me and Si are going to record the first one of those tomorrow. So yeah, that's oh, cool. Oh, hello. Well. Uh, so we've got a. I mean, I think it'll be out in a couple of weeks. So we're recording it a little early because Si's on holiday just ahead of the season. But yeah, so we'll have that. We obviously have the fantasy show that's already launched with you boys doing a a little five-show special on fantasy football, which, I'll be honest, I've listened to the first two and very much enjoyed. Um, so, yeah, exciting times for Gridiron. I mean, we're, we're, every year now the conversation is how do we keep getting bigger and better, and that's getting tough because ultimately, you know, there's a ceiling to what we do, but 
I mean, we I think we're going out to the US three times this year to source a load of other content as well and 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 we really hope people like it like just follow us on listen to the podcasts but follow all the social media feeds as well because we're going to try and do a lot more video content as well this year so yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of big and exciting things happening yeah the the um the fantasy podcast with uh with gridiron fantasy expert tom was um really really cool to record um and it, look it will reiterate it and big willie who isn't here um he's in chile Chile of all places, yeah. Uh, Willie and Chile. Willie and Chile. Is it Chile for Willie and Chile? I don't know. Um, <laughs> he will reiterate that if you're doing drafts now, what are you doing? Just wait until the last game of the season or after the uh, the preseason, sorry, and um, then do your drafts because you don't know who's going to make the 53, who's going to get injured. Um, actually, I think that could be quite a nice place to start because last week everyone went off. It went crazy because one of our own, he's one of our own, he's one of our own. Uh, Christian Wade has... Christian Wade. He's one of our own. Christian Wade, friend of... I'm going to say it, friend of mine, um, first. Friend of the show, second. Christian Wade scored a touchdown with his first touch in um, in pads, pretty much. <laughs> and... Um, 65 yards against the Colts in a preseason game. It was preseason. It was a, a, a one cut, and then he just completely burnt the field. Uh, he said afterwards that he'd practiced that particular move many times in 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 practice, and um, it looked like he'd practiced it because it seemed so so easy for him. And the speed, and the, reading the field, really impressive. My parents were actually at Niagara Falls on the Buffalo side on the on the night it was was happening in a bar. So I had this really cool moment for them where one this all happening on the screen, but two people in the bar realised they were British and were telling them that this was a British guy who'd done this. And and then obviously they get into the story of the fact that you know their son does the job that I do and covers NFL and things like that. So yeah, my, my dad was pretty excited about that. And I, and I guess that hits at the heart of, the, of of what we want, really, which is, you know, we want British success stories to to spark that fire in, in people who are sports fans, but not necessarily NFL fans. I mean, my dad did his first Wembley game last year, really enjoyed it, and then subsequently watched little bits and probably will watch bits this year. Is going to go to a, a game at Wembley again. So, so yeah, I, I get. I guess that hits at the the heart of what we're looking for. And I mean. There's talks that he's not allowed on the 53-man roster, but I think if he produces more like that, and I'm a bit disappointed that he didn't have any more touches, but I suppose, you know, one and done in in one particular game, and we'll hopefully see some more from him over the next coming days. And he's got a place on the practice squad, whatever, because of the International Player Pathway Programme. But really, really exciting to see a guy who, a professional in another sport, and it's translated straight away into a new sport. There are other, there are things he needs to look at. He was holding the ball quite high. That could be a, an issue going down the line. But um, just a, a fantastic, brilliant story, and really nice to see that that you know one of our own is doing it over there. Look, let's. Uh, there's loads of bits, little tidbits of news here and there, tidbits of news here and there. Um, have you seen any of the hard knocks? I haven't seen episode two yet. I haven't seen episode two. But I suppose the main thing I, I, I want to... 
I want to get from you. And it's not really about the hard knocks. I mean, everyone will see that that the inner workings of an NFL team and what what Gruden is like and 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 Mayock et al and all of those guys. But the big story coming out of the Raiders is Antonio Brown. He had a, a foot injury, peeling feet, and then his helmet was the wrong size. And what is going on there? Does this guy actually want to play football? I've no idea. I mean, it's a difficult one because I, I, I would usually be quite critical. But I have at the back of my mind had an idea that he may have some mental health problems from the time at the Steelers because his behaviour has just gone very odd. Um, so I, I, I'm not really sure. And, and and with the heightened sensitivity and, and awareness, I should say, not so much sensitivity now around head injuries and concussions and that, it is always at the back of my mind when guys start acting up. There, is there something deeper to it? Um, obviously, I hope there isn't, and that he is just a bit of a tit. I mean, for the hmm. want of a better word. Hmm. I mean, and 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 what backs that up, I guess, is you know what you hear from ex-teammates. You know, it's not like it's not like the behaviour actually is is not the continuation of a of a career trend. Because I think Ryan Clark was one who said. Early in his career, when they give him the money, they thought they're going to unleash a problem because this guy is, has got an attitude problem. I guess if there isn't something more going on, the issue for Antonio Brown is that for maybe the first time in his life, somebody's told him no and he doesn't like it because he's a diva and used to getting his own way. But, you know, for me, it hits on the crux of of the walk and contradiction that are the, the Auckland Raiders at the moment, which is a team, I guess, wedged between what historically the the Raiders are and what I think Mike Mayock wants them to be and not necessarily John Gruden. You What's know, Mike Mayock want them to be? I think Mike Mayock wants them to be a Bill Belichick-style disciplined team who have football guys who love the game and work hard. I think that's why he overdrafted Cleland Farrell. And, and I think if you look at the draft class, which is the thing that to me would have Mayock's fingerprints over it more than any other... And, and and listen to his own words. I mean, Neil interviewed Merck for the first issue of the season, which is out in a couple of weeks. And read Merck in there. I mean, he outlines the blueprint is for those types of guys. Now, Antonio Brown is not those types of guys. Antonio Brown is Randy Moss, Warren Sapp, mm. go even further back to the guys in the 70s and 80s who Al Davis used to sign from other teams. You know, Davis said himself, we will sign guys who haven't performed elsewhere or maybe aren't the nicest guys. We just want to win. And that is the that was the Raiders' ethos that carried them to three Super Bowl titles in, in kind of 14 years. But for me, the, they're a team locked in an identity crisis between what the Raiders are, traditionally, mm. the Al Davis Raiders, and maybe what... I believe the Mike Mike Mayock raid is what he wants them to be. And then, you know, you've got Gruden in the middle of that, who is kind of in the middle, both metaphorically and physically, because he is a guy who came up under Al Davis and knew what it was meant to be to be a raider, those hard, tough teams who very much operated beyond the line of, of, of cheating at times and things like that. And then, He's employed this guy in Mike Mayock, who quite clearly has a very different vision of how a football team's built. So for me, it sums up the Raiders at the moment is you've got all these young guys who are building around this ethos of a new team. And then you've got the outlier 
in Antonio Brown, who ultimately I think the talent was too good for them not not to not to get in there and, and trade for him. And you've got the issue with the, the stadium. It was their last season, but the, there was the talk that they wouldn't be back in Oakland, and then they are back. And you've got Vegas looming on the horizon. And you're right, there is this, there's this still this looking back on the historical Raiders and what they were, and then ahead and and the future plans of moving the franchise and Mayock coming in and and Gruden they are a bit of a mess and I think Hard Knocks I haven't seen the second episode but I think Hard Knocks will be illuminating and one of the more interesting Hard Knocks I know we had the Browns last year and and, and that was pretty cool and, and it was interesting to see Hugh Jackson for the exactly the type of man a lot of people um, thought that he was but um the Raiders under the microscope and is really interesting. I, I know we will do a big all singing, all dancing preview series when Will gets back over the next coming weeks. But is eight and eight a realistic possibility for the Raiders? And is that the upper scale of what you're thinking they'll do this season? I think. Do you know what interests me the most about the Raiders is, despite everything I've just said. I am still of the belief that John Gruden can be a good NFL coach. And, I mean, he has been in the past. He's won a Super Bowl. I was really excited when he got the job. And, frankly, I didn't see a lot to deter me from that last year. You look at it in... He made a mistake in how he assembled the roster last year. They were far too... They were, they were far too old, you know. Those problems... Well, hence Mayock coming in now as well, yeah. Yeah, but this is the thing now. What I think I learned last year is... John Gruden is not a Bill Belichick. Who is a Bill Belichick who can build a roster and coach it? But he can coach a roster. I mean, the Raiders, to me, last year, because of how badly they started, it gets ignored that Derek Carr improved dramatically towards the end of the season. Mm. It felt like they found their identity. Most importantly, despite the bad record, they were still playing hard at the end of the season. Now, that's a great sign. That That's a great sign. It's a great sign that Mike Mayock is coming in to provide the balance, I guess. You know, I say they're locked in an identity crisis. Well, actually, maybe the best of both of those worlds can come together harmoniously, ultimately. Um, so I think that's positive. The spectre of Antonio Brown obviously concerns me. But I look at that roster. It's very young on defence. So I think there's a... A natural ceiling. I don't think they're a playoff team because of how young they are on defence. But, by the same account, it's very exciting on defence in terms of guys like Maurice Hurst, who had a great rookie season, all of the draftees this year. And then, actually, offensively, I really like their weapons. I mean, if Antonio Brown sorts himself out, he's still, for me, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Terrell Williams, I was absolutely desperate for the Patriots to sign. I think he's one of the most underrated receivers in football. They paid a lot of money to get him. I'm concerned about Trent Brown. I, I thought that that was a big overpay. But ultimately, these guys are still improving the talent level. So I think 8-8 eight and eight is realistic. And I, and I hope they get there because for me, as much as I support the Patriots and enjoy them in Super Bowls basically every year at the moment... I also despise the lack of quality coaching outside of Bill Belichick. So I would really like Gruden to do well. And and, and we'll see. I, I've, I've got my fingers crossed for the Raiders. I think Gruden's time has gone. And, uh, I, yeah, think, and uh, I think he's a bit of a charlatan. And I'm delighted. I would love it if they fail because I'm not a big fan. Uh, hopefully, I, hopefully I don't meet him uh, and, or he's not listening and, and finds out about this. It also uh, picks up... Um, Josh Jacobs 
uh, another friend of the show. Yeah. Um, round one, I think. Great, kid, great player. Yeah. No tread on the tyres. I mean, I think he could be talking fantasy football. He's a guy to draft. He's going to get a lot of touches. Yeah, draft him when you can, where you can. Um, just staying in the Bay Area very briefly. Uh, I know it's a practice report, but should San Francisco 49ers fans be worried by Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G throwing five interceptions in a row in practice? Or is this just, don't worry about it, guys. He'll be okay come the first week of the season. I mean, he's never been a good practice player, Garoppolo. Uh, I remember when he came in for Brady and you kind of knew that was coming because the four-game suspension was on the horizon. I, I can remember it, there being concerns about what he looked like in training camp. And then he played on the road in Arizona and was absolutely awesome in the Patriots one in week one. So for that reason, I wouldn't be too concerned. But that, the overriding concern for me with the 49ers is the fact that ultimately it always takes quarterbacks time to come back well from a torn ACL. History proves that out. I mean, Deshaun Watson last year started slowly and it, it happens like that all the time. So that's the worry. I mean, and, and then ultimately... At what point does the microscope start to turn on John Lynch and Carl Shanahan if this isn't the year? Mm. I mean, they're going into year three now. Not many people get to year three with the, the wins they've had. Now, there's been mitigating factors, and I still think Carl Shanahan can be a great coach. But, you know, it just ratchets up a notch. But they've got talent. I mean, we went to the Pro Bowl last year, and you see guys like DeForest Buckner milling around, you know, Carl Yusick. These are talented guys, so... I mean, no, I wouldn't read anything into the five interceptions, but the 49ers are another one of those teams. I think there's the Raiders, the 49ers, the Buccaneers, you know. There's teams like that where really I can't wait to see them in the first three weeks because I have literally no idea what they're going to be. There could be two or 12, well, maybe not 12, two or 10 win teams. So there's a lot of teams like that every year, but I think those in particular are, are amongst them. I'm really excited to see the 49ers. They picked up Tevin Coleman, Jarrett McKinnon's coming back from from injury, and um, I, I think we'll see a very similar Kyle Shanahan offense to the one that took Atlanta to the Super Bowl, where you had Freeman and Coleman dovetailing, and and you you had mismatches all over the field. You got George Kittle. I really I'm excited about that offense if they can keep Jimmy G fit. And yeah. get him back. And that's the other way with Garoppolo. I mean, how many games has he started in his career? About five, six, seven, six? Or eight. yeah. It's not many. He started two in New England. I think it was like five or six at the end of at the end of the season. Did he get injured in week one last year? Or was yeah. it week two? It was I against th- Detroit, wasn't it? I think it was it was week one doing a, a kind of running down the sideline. It was yeah, ridiculous. It was. it was ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's the worry. I mean, he's started like six or seven games in his career and had two major injuries in them. I mean, that's not a good sign. Uh, over to Dallas. Dak Prescott wants $40 million a year. That would make him the highest paid, probably sportsman on the planet, but definitely the highest paid player in the NFL. Um, Dallas offered him $30 million. Dak wants 40 Russell Wilson's on 35 per year. He's not worth $40 million a year, is he? Uh, no, absolutely not. And I mean, I'm I'm more of a Dak Prescott fan than most. I think he's, for me, the thing I like about Dak is his money in the fourth quarter. And, and that, to me, is something I put a greater stock in than, than most people do. Um, got a great record on, on kind of game-winning drive opportunities. But no, he's not worth that. I mean, I don't think we've necessarily yet seen the ceiling of Dak Prescott, simply because of what he's had around him in terms of 
receiver talent, and it was notable how much he improved with Amari Cooper last year. But I mean, he's not worth that. But ultimately, he is the next cab on the rank due a contract. So that next cab on the rank is generally worth being the highest paid player. I mean, nobody thinks Kirk Cousins is the best player in the NFL, but he got that big guaranteed contract, yeah. was briefly the highest paid guy. But it, for me, that I think the issue for me is it's such a big leap. I mean, 35 to 40 million is not an insignificant jump to go from Russell Wilson money to, to, to what would be Dak Prescott money. So no, he's not worth that. I don't think they'll pay that, but you know, I think, I think teams ultimately, I mean, agents ultimately know Jerry Jones is, is the kind of guy who likes to keep his guys together. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, especially when Zeke is probably up for a new contract soon and would they I keep mean, him and and the the value that you can get out of the draft in running backs lower down. It, it, it's, um, it seems like you, you pay your guys like the quarterbacks who are going to stick around and have got that talent and you've seen it and they're, they're the leaders of the team and allow these other these other skill positions to run out their contract and then reset and start again. Yeah, and I guess this, this hits to me on the crux of, of... I mean, we'll see what they do with the CBA, but certainly as people now know about this rookie wage scale, it hits on the crux of the, the kind of future issue with it. And it's not an issue, it actually is interesting, is... If I'm, if you're the Cowboys, do you actually contemplate? You know, I can see it from Dak's point of view. He's kind of been shafted by the system a little bit because he he ultimately has played for next to nothing because of where he was drafted for however many years now. So, but did Dallas look at it and think, well, actually, you know, we didn't win a Super Bowl in that great window where you've you've selected a quarterback, a franchise quarterback in the mid rounds. It's the dream scenario mm-hmm. now in football because you can put all this resource into the rest of the roster. We've seen the Eagles do it to win a Super Bowl. We've seen the Rams do it to get to the Super Bowl. We've seen so many teams do it. Do they actually think, well, actually, this is a really talented roster. Why don't we reset again? And yeah. offload them. I don't um, think they'll do that. But for me, it's a, it 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 should be more of a conversation than than it than it has been in the past. I think with the with the rookie wage scale because Dak Prescott. I mean, I, as I say, I'm more of a fan of him than most. But he's not a top five quarterback. You know, he is a right around that teenage area, kind of 12, 13. And if you've got a guy, do you not just back your scouting department to find a guy as good as that who you only have to pay a pittance again for four years? What about Andrew Luck now? There were reports earlier on in the week that he had a higher ankle sprain. Now Jim Mercy is saying there's a bone issue, which is a bit weird. He says it's a small little bone. It's not good. Um, and, of course, we had all the issues with the elbow and the arm last or, or the end of two seasons ago into the beginning of last season. I mean, is this is, is it all coming around again for Andrew, like these injury issues, or... Shouldn't fans be too worried and, and we will see Andrew Luck back to his best at the beginning of this season? I, th- I think similar to what we just said with Garoppolo, I think it's a massive concern. I mean, you know, ultimately, it's a pattern, isn't it? That's the problem. It starts to become a pattern. And we see it in sport all the time. I could name a million sportsmen who've had, well, maybe not a million, but several sportsmen who've had their careers just undone by this. Mm. Regular injuries coming along. At, at different intervals and yeah I mean it's a massive concern and I think I can understand them playing it down specifically for this injury but for me the pattern of behaviour is is really worrying and how 
I mean, the the Colts need him. They've got a really exciting offense this season. Really young. I, I love the head coach, but it just seems like they they start to get onto a roll, and then bang, we're going to lose Andrew Luck or um, or T Y Hilton will have a a little niggle, and Andrew Luck's the real one that they cannot afford to lose. He's so so good, such an exciting player, and. It could be come the end of his career, and he hasn't made a, a dart, a serious dart again into the playoffs, and he hasn't had that Super Bowl appearance or even that 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 ring. That it was one of the the biggest wasted talents. I know we're only what seven eight years into his NFL career, but it's almost already getting that way, isn't it? Yeah, I think we're heading into that territory. Yeah, I think you. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I don't think that's hyperbolic at all I mean it's it's it is becoming a, a proper concern and I mean it, you wonder if he'll ever fulfill the potential you know this is this is the greatest draft pick since Peyton Manning as he was billed before he came out so yeah I think it's an it's an incredibly big concern for the Colts it's week two of uh, preseason. I know people that have been staying up and watching preseason games. Now, that is crazy. I know Scott Hansen's back for uh, Red Zone, uh, all 32 games, or 32 teams, sorry, 16 games on Saturday and Sunday this red, this um, this weekend. But it's very difficult to get into this the, the preseason mindset, isn't it? And and because you're you're watching third, fourth stringers, guys that have got no shirt number. When you look at the 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 rosters, and I, I saw that um, f- f- regular listener Adam Foxcroft said, "I hate preseason because you get wide receivers wearing eight and guys that you don't know." But for the pu- for the purists, the the real time that people need to be watching and is what game three of the preseason I think um, yeah and that's where you see a few little things you see the some of the starters so game three look at it don't worry too much about what's going on game one and two yeah absolutely that's the key it's just a it's completely a a week three and then when week four is the most useless of all because that's literally all the players who are going to get cut so yeah it's a uh, we two and three. I mean, because one's become a little bit irrelevant as well, more so than in the last couple of years. You're seeing teams really holding out all their guys for, for game one as well. So yeah, for me now, preseason is two weeks, which is what it should be in any case. It's weeks two and week three, but particularly week three, you'll generally see teams give give their starters maybe a half. Yeah, I, I've seen that um, Green Bay are playing Baltimore. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to get a quarter at least or at most a quarter one of one or the yeah. other so that's kind of interesting if you're a green bay fan and i think across the next couple of games you'll be able to see if there are players big players starting to to filter into the starting lineups for those preseason games but really you know you can't glean too much from that look matt it's been an absolute pleasure chatting chatting with you i know i I hope that you're going to be back over the next couple of weeks for a few little season previews um we've got the nfl 100 show coming out in the next couple of weeks you're recording the gridiron um espn uh college football podcast that's coming out well recording it tomorrow coming out shortly can't wait for that actually i'm really looking forward to the college football season and uh our our espn fantasy football podcasts me tom Willie, where we break down 
go back and have a listen to to um, episodes one and two. I think it's wide receivers and tight ends. The next episode. Um, so there's that as well. Don't forget touchdown trips. There's still spaces for um, the Midwest. It's the Midwest tour or the Great Lakes tour. It's the Great Lakes tour. The Great Lakes yeah. going up uh, to Green Bay and Chicago and the Hall of Fame, Canton. And there's Detroit and there's Ann Arbor. It's a fantastic trip. So have a look at Touchdown Trips for that. Uh, hit us up on at Gridiron. Um, and I, I think that's all the shilling I need to do. Gridiron Hyper Magazine on the websites at M Sherry Gridiron. What's your Twitter account nowadays? You uh, keep changing it. Uh, at Matthew Gridiron. At Matthew Gridiron. There you go. At Matthew Gridiron. At Ollie Hunter. At Talk Gav for Will Gavin. Um, this has been the Gridiron Show. Any final thoughts, Shezza? That It's three weeks now and I can't wait. Oh, I, do you know what? It's starting to ramp up and we've got it collectively, and, and I know this is a bit of a production meeting, but you and I and Will, we've got to get our mindset into this. Right, three seasons Let's let's hit this. We've got fancy drafts that we that we need to do and organise. Um, I'm starting to get really really excited about the new season. It, ah, it, we're so close, so so close. Twenty one days, baby. Twenty one days, baby. And on that note, this has been the Gridiron Show. <laughs>